You can turn with me, please, in God's Word to the book of Micah. Micah chapter 7. It is in dedication services. We do try to uh, pick the name or a book where the name is mentioned of the person being dedicated when I have the opportunity uh, to preach. And so, Micah chapter 7. I've been praying what the Lord would have me to speak on today. And uh, was drawn to this passage by the Lord's servant. Micah chapter 7, I'm just going to read verse 18 down to verse 19. Micah chapter 7, verses 18 down to verse 19. And the title of the message today is God's Pleasure and God's Pardon. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his word. With God's word open, we'll just unite together in prayer. You still your hearts in the presence of God and pray the Lord will have a work for you, a word for you, and pray the Lord will challenge each and every one. Our Heavenly Father and Eternal God, we come before Thee just now. Lord, we confess without Thee we can do nothing. I pray, O God, Thou wilt fill me with the Holy Ghost. Thou wilt stand beside me, and may I know the help of God. Make me, Lord, to be a channel of blessing. May I be, O God, in the Spirit in the Lord's day. And may I be, O God, thy messenger, uh, even this day. I pray, Lord, thou wilt challenge each and every one who would sit on the seat. We pray, O God, thy spirit will come and apply the word to each and every heart. For, Lord, we thank thee. Thy word shall not return unto thee void. Lord, glorify thyself, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen <clears throat> and amen. The prophet Micah, as stated in Micah chapter 1, verse 1, Prophesied during the reign of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, three kings of Judah. But it was to the common people that Micah delivered God's message. Due to their refusal to forsake their wicked ways and to turn back to God, God would chastise his people in allowing, permitting his enemies, their enemies, to attack the city of Jerusalem and to take them as captives or slaves to Babylon. However, God would not send his people away without a word of comfort for the future. And that was to show them that God will never cast away his people, his own inheritance, and that God still had a purpose for them. Though the people were unfaithful to God, God would be faithful to them. And for that reason, you read the whole book of Micah, the whole prophecy. There's much of Jesus Christ in that prophecy. But I'll just highlight Micah chapter 5, verse 2. It refers to the birth of Messiah in Bethlehem. And then here we have in Micah chapter 7, verses 18 and 19, that God pardoneth iniquity. In Micah chapter 7, verses 18 and 19, the word pardon that we have read of, God who pardoneth iniquity, has the overall meaning to forgive, to remove sin. But the actual 
word that is used here is a different word, meaning to lift up. And therefore Micah is saying, Who is like a God unto thee that lifts up iniquity? And the idea is to take away, to transfer something, to remove it completely. You see, the sinful habits of the people became routine. Their sinful living became a way of life. And they got used to carrying the burden of sin. You see, unconfessed sin is a burden to bear. And let me illustrate it this way. If you put a heavy bag on your back, and you were to walk around with that heavy bag at the start, you would feel the weight of that bag. But as you walk throughout the whole day, you would get accustomed to the weight of that bag. It would just become the normal. And the only way you would feel the real difference is at the end of the day when you would take that bag off because you would feel the relief. You would feel the weight gone. And that is the issue here. The people had a burden of sin. And therefore, the Lord's message to God's people is this. There's one who lifts up inequity. There's one who lifts up the burden. There's one who takes that burden away. And that's when the difference is known. When the Lord removes the burden. And therefore, men and women this day, who are living in your sin, dwelling in your sin, you have got accustomed to your sin. Because you're living that way, you know no difference. But I tell you this, the day you come to Jesus Christ and have full forgiveness of sin and the burden of sin lifted up, rolled away, then you will know the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. And you can say, my burden has been rolled away. That was the hope, that was the promise, that was the blessing that God gave to the people. Micah speaks of God who pardons iniquity. But here's the question. In lifting up that burden of sin, in taking that burden away, where does God lift the iniquity to? Where does God transfer the iniquity? All iniquity must go somewhere or go to someone. Where does iniquity go? When the burden is lifted off, where does it go? And Micah points the people forward to the promised Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is the one who lifts the burden away. Peter said it like this in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who bear his own, who his own self bear our sins on his own body on the tree. And that word that Peter used, who his own self bear our sins on his own body. That is the word meaning to lift up. When Christ was lifted on the cross, our sins were lifted upon him. Isaiah said it like this in Isaiah 53 verse 6. The Lord hath laid on him. The Lord hath lifted on him the iniquity of us all. And so Micah points the people who are burdened down of sin to the Savior, to the one who lifts up sin, who the one who removes iniquity. See, upon the cross, God looked upon Christ as if he was you. So he can look upon you as if you were Christ. And that's something we will never fully grasp. But what a comfort it was to the burdened souls in Micah's day. 
It gave the hope of pardon. It gave the hope of assurance. And therefore, Christian, what a hope that is for you. You have the eternal assurance this day that the guilt of your sin has been lifted from you. That the Savior took your sin away. That Jehovah lifted up his rod. O Christ, it fell on thee. Now therefore, there is no load for you to bear. Child of God, you'll never be in hell. You'll never be judged for that sin. Because Christ rolled that sin away. And he took that sin from you. But there is also, not only eternally, assurance. Or assurance for eternal life. But also for living for the Lord daily. Because here's the situation We grieve the Lord day by day. We sin against God day by day, openly and secretly. And yet, he continually pardons sin. And what a hope there is for you, unbeliever, under the burden of sin, the guilt of sin, the shame of sin, facing eternal damnation, because God is angry with the wicked every day. But hallelujah, There is one who pardoneth iniquity. One who is able and one who is willing to pardon your sin today. If you but confess your sin and ask him for pardon. That's our prayer for you. And that is our prayer for even baby Micah. That in life he too will come and put his faith and trust upon the Lord. That he will call upon the Lord for salvation. And God will pardon his iniquity. The Lord will save his soul. And the Lord will make him to be a mighty man of God. Because the name Micah is the name means who is like unto God. And therefore here is the name used, Micah's own name. Who is like unto thee, one who pardoneth iniquity. So with that in view, I want to simply look at God's pardon or God's pleasure And God's pardon. Two simple thoughts. First of all, God's pleasure. God's pleasure is seen by the words at the end of verse 18. He delighteth in mercy. And then at the start of verse 19, he will have compassion upon us. The word delighteth, as you have there before you in God's word, means to have pleasure. To take pleasure in or to have pleasure. The word mercy means loving kindness. Means goodness, favor and compassion. And the word compassion means pity. It's also a word means uh, mercy and also to show mercy. And the whole point of these words is this. These are characteristics or attributes of God's nature. And therefore God has revealed himself. Through his own nature. And therefore Micah is showing. That God pardons sin. Because he delights in himself. It pleases God. In the saving of sinners. To reveal that he is good. He is merciful. And that he is full of compassion. You see Micah's words make it clear. That no sinner. No man. Deserves the mercy. Or the compassion of God. Not one of us deserve the mercy of God. Why is that? Because Micah points out by nature. 
We're all full of iniquity. And we will do that which is in keeping with our nature. Because I am a sinner, because I am a sinner, I will sin. I am a sinner by nature, and therefore I will do what is in agreement to my nature. I will sin. And therefore the sinner has the wrath of God continually abiding upon them. Because God is angry with the wicked every day. Therefore, Micah uses the words in verse 18 and verse 19. The words iniquity. The words iniquities and the words sin. And these all describe the fallen state of mankind. The word iniquity means willful refusal. Means to turn away, to go astray. It refers to guilt. It can be translated as guilty, as mischief, or one at fault. And so before God's eyes, we have iniquity. We are guilty. We are at fault for our sin. The word transgression means rebellion, revolt, lawlessness. It means to practice sin openly and unashamedly. And that's what was happening in Micah's day. The people practiced their sin, worshipped their false idols openly and unashamedly before the Lord. Again, 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is a transgression of the law. And so let me put these words into light. Have you ever seen places that are cordoned off or boundaries are set that you're not to pass over or you're not to walk through? Or have you ever read the sign, danger, stay out, or danger, keep out, or trespassers will be prosecuted? And as soon as you see those words, you get curious because you want to know, well, what am I being kept away from? What is it that I can't see? And I remember when I was growing up as a little child or youngster, when I saw these words or seen them, I thought, well, let's just go and see what it's all about then. And you went ahead. Why? Because we are sinners and we will always do which is in keeping with our nature. We like to take a closer look. We like to go over the boundary. We like to step over the line that we should not step over. We like to see how far we can go before we get caught. And we like to keep on doing something as long as we can keep on doing it until we do get caught. We like to go our own way willfully and we do because we will always do what is according to our desire. And that's what Micah is saying. You're full of iniquity. You're full of sin. You're full of transgression. The word sins is the word meaning to miss the mark. To fall short of. You'll know the verse in Romans chapter 3 verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's every one of us. There's not one of us here that are excluded from that. That's every one of us in this room. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What is the glory of God? It's God's nature. It's God's law. It's God's perfect standard. It is perfection by which he judges all men. God does not judge you by the person beside you. 
God does not compare you with others. We do that. Well, I'm not as bad as that person. They only go to church once a week or or once a month. I go uh, once a week or whatever it may be. Or I've done more than them. We judge ourselves by other people. And therefore we think, well, do you know what? Compared to them, well, I'm just not as bad. But God doesn't do that. He doesn't judge you by another person. He judges you by his law, by his word, which is the perfect standard. But here's the point. We've all fallen short of that. We have missed the mark. The idea is this of archery, where the target is set and the archer has the bow. And as he releases that bow, the arrow is going and it just falls short of the target. It misses. It's nowhere near. For those who like football, you know there's a a goal to hit and they always talk about you've got to hit the target. And maybe there's a free kick. Maybe there's a shot. And you're sitting there looking and you think, oh, that was nowhere near, not even close. And that's the exact meaning of this. God's perfect standard of entrance into heaven. Not one of us even come close. You may think you do, but you do not. All of us have fallen short. And therefore, by our iniquities, our transgressions, our sins... We have disobeyed and dishonored God. Our sin before the Lord is mocking God. It's being sarcastic to God. When we sin, when we go our own way, when we are rebellious, it's like boasting in God's face. It's like challenging God's holy nature. Therefore, why should God delight to have mercy upon any? Why should God want to save you? The answer is nothing. There's no reason in you why God should show mercy. Rather, there's every reason why God should leave us to our sin. Leave us to the penalty that trespassers will be prosecuted. That will be punished, dealt with for all eternity. We sin openly. We sin secretly. We try to cover up our sin. We try to excuse our sin. We try to pass the blame of our sin. We try to make light of our sin. We try to make it sound as grievous as it is. We try to get out of our sin. We try, we sin in the word, in flesh, in word, in deed, and in thought. There's no reason in any of us why God should show mercy or compassion. But there's every reason why God should Leave us to your sin and cast us aside. That's why Micah, he can give a message and say, Ah, but who is like unto thee? One who pardoneth iniquity. You see, when people do us wrong, we hold it against them. Some people may say, I forgive you, but they always have it in the back of their mind. And they may bring it up again. But not the Lord. Who is like unto thee? There's none compared to him who pardoneth iniquity. And therefore, when God saves a sinner, when God has mercy upon a sinner, when God has compassion upon you, it's not because of you. 
It's because he delights in himself. It's because it pleases him too. He delights in his mercy. He reveals himself a God of all compassion. In fact, that word pardon is where it gets exciting. This word pardon also comes from a word that means to propitiate. Now what is propitiate or propitiation? It means to, uh, to turn away the wrath of God or God's wrath turned away by the means of an atoning sacrifice. So God's wrath burns against the sinner. But whenever there was a sacrifice for the sinner in the sinner's place, God's wrath burned upon that sacrifice. And therefore, it means to satisfy. It means to propitiate. It means to be merciful towards. And therefore, we learn... He pardoneth iniquity. He is merciful towards. He propitiates. Verse 2. Because of that, he retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. Those whose burden of sin he lifts away, those to whom he is merciful towards, he is no longer angry with. Because that anger was turned upon Christ. And therefore that means outside of Christ. Sinner, God is angry with you. And if you die in that sin, if you die in your sin, you will die with God's anger upon you. And you will face that anger and the fury of that anger in eternal hell. Men and women, I want you to grasp this. I want you to take this seriously. This is solemn. This is a matter of life and death, eternity. Do you realize that? Against all sin, God hates sin. He's angry with sin. His anger burns towards sinners in their sin. But for those who trust in the sacrifice he has provided, then he's merciful towards. He pardons their sin. He forgives their sin. And therefore, as we said last week, if you don't have Christ as your uh, Savior, then you will have him as your judge. And so Micah, as he points the people, he points them to God's pleasure. Because they were living in sin, their iniquities, their sins, their transgressions, willfully refusing to come to Christ, refusing to turn from their sin. And yet, Micah speaks of one who is full of pardon, one who is full of mercy, one who lifts the burden away. Maybe there's one today, you're burdened down with sin burdened down with a load of care. There's one who lifts the burden. There's one who removes the burden of sin. And it's not me. If I could, I would. But it's not. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He taketh the burden away. And therefore, I'm not presenting to you a system. I'm not presenting to you ten steps. I'm presenting to you the Savior Jesus Christ. That's what we're praying for Micah as he's instructed in the Lord. And as he learns about his sin, because one of the first lessons that any child is taught, and what Micah is taught as well, and all of us are taught, before you can learn about the Savior, you must learn about your sin. Because unless you realize you are a sinner, 
you will never see your need for a saviour. And Charles Spurgeon used to thunder that out in London for Sunday after Sunday, day after day. Unless you see your need, that you are a sinner, then you will never see your need for the saviour. And therefore, when Micah is taught that you are a lost sinner, then that will urge him and that will instruct him. Well, then I need a saviour to save me from my sin. And that one is the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice secondly and briefly, God's pardon. We've looked at God's pleasure. Notice God's pardon. Three simple thoughts. God's pardon covers over sin. Verse 18, who is like a, who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage? The words passeth by as you have before you are precious. They mean to pass over, to pass through, to go beyond, to cross over, uh, to go through. And you may say, well, what's precious about that? Well, let me sum the meaning of those words this way. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. He passes by the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage, his own people. Therefore, God's grace is greater than all our sin. No matter how deep in the sin that you are, no matter what mark or scar sin has left in your life, or how far away you've gone into sin, His mercy is infinite, and He reaches down and lifts up out of the dunghill of sin. When buried and wounded by the fall, Christ, our good Samaritan, He comes with all His compassion and His mercy to heal our wounds. He's the one who pays the price. When left by sin to perish, he draws with his everlasting love, his everlasting kindness, that is mercy. You see, when you pass by someone, it means you go beyond them. You go further. You cover their tracks. Now let me illustrate it this way. I don't know if you've ever gone to the beach. Maybe you like walking on the beach. Maybe you build sandcastles, you uh, write your name and all these things. Or maybe you like to play in the mud. And if you were to walk in the mud, or you were to walk on the sand, there's one thing that usually happens when you walk. You leave your footprint. You leave your mark. And the mark is left there. But when someone comes and they pass over your mark, they pass through your mark, They pass on your mark. They go beyond your mark. What do they do? They cover over your track that your footprint isn't seen anymore. That it's gone. And that's the meaning here of this thought. He pardoneth iniquity. He passes over the transgression. Our sin has left a mark. But when he passes over He cleanses, he removes, he covers over our sin, over our mark, over our stain. That it is invisible now to the eyes of God. That all God can see is the mark of Christ, which is the shedding of precious blood. Notice also God's pardon. 
conquer sin. Verse 19, he will subdue our iniquities. The word subdue means to overcome, to have dominion over, to conquer. And so Micah was teaching that through faith in Christ, all your sinful habits, all your idols, your sin, he will subdue it. He will conquer it. You're weak in and off yourself. You fall into temptation. You're so easily uh, prone to wonder and to leave the God you love. But here's one where there's victory. Here's one where there's conquering power. Once sin had dominion over our lives, it reigned upon the throne of our heart. But Christ is the Lord God omnipotent. He is the one who breaks the power of cancelled sin and sets the prisoner free. And while the presence and the pleasure of sin comes to attack, comes to attract and allure, no greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And maybe there is a Christian today struggling with sin, overwhelmed by sin, the habits of your sin. Want you to learn the war is already won. You're not just on the winning side. You're on the side that's already won. And therefore in every individual battle, in every individual struggle with sin and temptation, he will subdue, he will conquer. There's victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are more than conquerors through him, without him, we can do nothing. That's what Micah was presenting to the people. There's one who pardons sin. There's one who covers over sin. There's one who's willing to forgive sin. But notice briefly and finally, God's pardon not only covers sin, not only conquers sin, but God's pardon casts away sin. Verse 19, And thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Notice that. All their sins. Micah was using imagery. An object lesson to teach a spiritual truth. What happens to our sins. It's not that they're literally cast into the sea to be washed back to shore. Or at the bottom of the sea somewhere where you have to hire some submarine to go searching for uh, your sins. The idea simply means they've been pardoned. They've been lifted up of you. And they've been cast away somewhere where you will never find them again. Where they'll never be rediscovered. They've been removed. Never to be found. Never to be recovered again. Because that's the word. They are cast. It means to throw. And when you throw something, you throw it as far as you can. And so that's what the Lord has done with our sin. He's cast it away. He's thrown it far off us. Never to be in few again. And Micah's teaching that God removes sin. He forgives sin. He pardons sin. And that sin was placed on Christ. And through Christ, it's been removed. It's been cast into the depths of the sea, meaning it will never be found with again. It's been dealt with. And therefore, Christ became responsible upon the cross of Calvary for the sins of all his people. Let me give you this illustration in closing about this word. In Exodus chapter 14, whenever the children of Israel left Egypt, out of their bondage, 
They were slaves and they were set free. They were going to the Red Sea. And you know the story that God parted the Red Sea. And there was this wall of sea on each side. And the people of Israel just marched through to the other side. Well, chasing after them was the was Pharaoh's army. And you can imagine that. They're going across on dry foot to the other side. And you have the enemy chasing after them. And it's a picture we've been saved from sin. But the sins of the world, the devil and the flesh, they come and they try to call us back because Pharaoh wanted to bring the people back to slavery. But here's the thing. Whenever the children of Israel got to the other side and all the enemy were in the middle, what did God do with the sea? He closed it down upon the enemy. The sea just came right down upon them all. And the Bible says about the enemy in Exodus chapter 14, verse 28, of Pharaoh's army, there remained not so much as one of them. They were all dealt with. They were all gone. They were all covered over. They were all removed. And that's what the Lord has done with our sin. Whenever he covers over sin, whenever he cleanses sin, not one of them remaineth. They've been put out of you, never to be held against you anymore, never to be charged any longer. Therefore, Micah can tell the people, there's one who pardoneth iniquity. He lifts up that burden and he casts it away. And therefore, will you today have your burden of sin forgiven? Is there one today, older person, younger person, that you are not saved? You have the burden of sin upon your life, in your life. It's a weight to you, but there's one who's willing to forgive you. Is there one who's struggling with sinful habits? There's one who will is able to conquer and to give you that victory. We've allowed sin to take much more than we wanted to give. But there's one who will remember them no more. Will you come this day and have your sin fully dealt with? To be cast behind God's back. And as we've said this here, it's not that God has forgotten your sin because God can never forget anything. But he has chosen to remember them no more. And that's something that we can never do. Because when someone faults us, when someone does something wrong to us, we always have it stored somewhere in the back of our mind. Or whenever they do it again, it all comes back up again. But the Lord, who is like unto thee, he fully pardons all sin. That's what we pray for baby Micah. That's what we pray for you in the congregation. That you, as you're sitting right now, will come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he delights in mercy and he pardoneth iniquity. May the Lord write his word upon our heart for his name's sake.